The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Patrick Keelty is with me though in studio first. Patrick, how are you? It's lovely that you've actually decided to come over for the season finale off the UK. And uh, <laughs> it's it's just you're here to pay your respects to the UK economy. Is that it? That that is it. There's yes. Q, there's queue jumper passes. Apparently, you can get for that. Oh, but they, they that, get they get you in a lot only of trouble. Big celebs like you would be getting those queue jumper passes now, Patrick. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. Th- th- those are the times when it it probably best not to be a VIP, isn't it? So probably, probably. Mm. Um, I mean, it is, it is a tumultuous time, isn't it? It's kind of remarkable. It's kind of remarkable, but it's sort of weirdly predictable. I mean, you know, if you've got a political party and you divide it in two, so you kind of have to believe in the cult of Brexit in order to kind of, you know, be part of this wave of the Tory party, then you kind of divide that down, divide it down, divide it down. And then you're kind of left with what we've got now. And it, it's sort of like the, the Liz Truss sort of style of government is kind of, I don't know, it's a, it's a bit like going to play Man City and deciding that you don't need full-backs or a keeper because it's all about scoring goals. And then you're 14-0 down at half-time and you're sort of, somebody comes in and has to park the bus for you. I, I Look, how long this will last, who knows? Because I, I, I'd wager a lot of people at home, we, 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 we continually reiterate you know, how important a strong UK economy is for the Irish economy. And at the same time, while people say that and they nod along, they get, I think, they get something of a kick out of watching all of this. But I just wonder what the experience is like as an Irishman living in London. It is more dependent, maybe, on the strength of that economy. Look, it, it's very, very weird. I mean, you know, we, you know, we lived in America for sort of, you know, on and off for ten years, and the London that that. I left, you know, 2012, I think, high watermark, Olympics. It felt like, you know, this was the place to be. It was the bridge between America and Europe and everywhere else. And it was a very confident place. And then post-Brexit, it feels like a place which has sort of pulled up the drawbridge. And it's, it, it's there's a different vibe here. Uh, in, in London or in England? I, I, I think I, I think in not so much in London. I think mm-hmm. in in England in general. You know what's what's interesting about it is um, when you go out. Like I, I I've done. I think I did sixty three odd dates. You know, in the spring, and that's everywhere from you know from Inverness to Devon and and everywhere in between, and um, and. It's very, very weird. Nobody wants... Like, you open a paper today, Mm. you won't hear Brexit. You won't hear the fact that a country that says that it wants to go for growth has lost 4% of its GDP. It's... it's, like, it's almost like they've kind of moved on to the to the Encanto stage of the debate where, you know, we don't talk about Brexit. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and so wherever you go, it's, uh, it's the war in Ukraine. It's the global economy. And, and so this massive political decision has been taken, which has had huge effect, you know, here in Britain. It's a huge effect in Northern Ireland and a lesser extent on the island of Ireland. And, and nobody here really wants to mention it. If you look at the Labour Party... You know, the Labour Party are just sort of sitting there going, don't mention Brexit. If we, if we don't mention Brexit, we might get elected. 
Whereas weirdly, if you want to actually try to turn the economy of England around, you kind of have to try to reverse Brexit. I don't know. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned the north and the border uh, and being back on tour. Uh, Borderline is the name of the Yeah, tour. yeah. I, um, I, I, we're doing a sort of second set of dates uh, in, in November. Yeah. And uh, the show kind of came from the idea of whenever you grew up in Northern Ireland and you were you came from a polarised place and you came from a place that was broken and that idea that two peoples could kind of come together and meet in the middle and give stuff up and sort of try to move forward. And then you see the rest of the world and you're living in England and as Northern Ireland seems to have got more sane, you see that England is sort of slightly gone a little bit more bat. So it's uh, it, it it it's a weird it's a weird time. It's a great time as a standard to be getting up there, you know, with Northern Ireland front and center, with that sea border, with all of those things to get up and try to make sense of it is uh, you know is great. And it's you know, thankfully audiences have sort of been responding to it, which is lovely. Yeah, and I know you're playing uh, November third. I think is that when it kicks off again yeah and... yeah we're pretty much the, the november run of it is sort of pretty much sold out i think there's uh i think we're in on leary on saturday the fifth i think there's, yeah the fifth uh, yeah there's uh the pavilion. there's one or two uh left for that if you go quick and uh we're in castle blaney and Stram. We're, we're all over so check all the right. website com, and you can find out details as he said they're in the pavilion and on leary for example on the, the 5th of november guy fox day of course. Yes, of course, which uh, which I would imagine in Dunleary will be celebrated. Big, big celebration there in Kingstown. <laughs> yeah. every, every year for a- Guy Fawkes Day. Apparently Guy Fawkes is massive down the Queens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what, you, you've kind of gone viral again this week, actually, haven't you? Last week. The, By the, doing the absolutely nothing. Yes, well, you did, you did something a couple of years ago. I mean, it's good to see you getting uh, resuscitated, isn't it? <sighs> I don't know. It's um, you know I did a speech for Shared Ireland, uh, for Shared Island, mm. um, which was last November December, mm. um, and I kind of thought that was the end of that, and you know there was a reaction to it and all of these things about sharing a space and sharing the island, and then um, I don't know I think did, did somebody sing a song somewhere or something? Oh, I something don't know, like that. something like that. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's. Uh, it's very weird that whole sort of up the ra thing. I mean, even the ra aren't singing up the ra these days. <laughs> it's very, it, it's a very weird thing. Like even yeah. even the ra kind of going, you know, up the social housing. <laughs> Let, let's let's not talk about the ra. So it's it it's a. I think it's in a weird way. It's timely. You know, I think that it shows you sort of the complexities of mm. of the island and, and of Ireland. I mean, you know, the idea that you have, you know, 5,000 people getting together, you know, uh, for a, for a you know, shared Ireland forum just a couple of weeks ago. And then, you know, you've got this sort of taking people's attention. Um, I think it's, um, if, if people have to ask themselves questions, you know, because of this, I think it's a good thing. It's something that we've had to do up yeah. north for years. So you think, like, the the fallout from it, if we'll describe it that way, maybe that's the wrong word as well to describe it, because that's, you know, fallout's rarely a positive thing. Hmm. Uh, but uh, the fallout is, is good. It could be cathartic that we kind of air these things. Because you do touch on that in, in that 
speech you gave, you talked about having to re-examine Look, look uh, you know, I, I think it sort of falls very much into, you know, the the idea of sort of three green fields. You know, it, it's much easier to actually, you know, sing the rebel song about the United Ireland than kind of not to in order to have it. Um, and and yet, you know, the, the, there's no point being pearl clutchy about any of this. Mm. You know, like people are who they are and believe what they believe. And, you know, people kind of, I don't know, it, 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 it's weird, the, the, the whataboutery, I think, which has come out of it, you know, which is, a, well, what about this and what about that? I just feel that anybody can sing whatever they want and that is, you know, orange men and, and football supporters and, and football teams. Mm. Um, but ultimately, if anyone is remotely interested in a United Ireland, if you look at the census results in the north, there's a huge chunk of people there in the middle which call themselves Northern Irish. And if you're sitting in Dublin and somebody said, you know what, lads, I think it's probably time for you to sit and sort of think about rejoining Britain and the Commonwealth and you had a Northern Ireland team in a dressing room singing the sash, you'd probably go to yourself, kind of, do I really want to be part of that? Yeah. Um, so so I, I, I think um, it's, it's a conversation that, that kind of needs to be had, and I think it's, it's come at a, at a timely point. Because I don't know, it's been interesting that there's one of the arguments made, I suppose, in defence of the team is that it, it, it had nothing to... They're, they're singing of it from their point of view and there can be different points of view and how it's interpreted and how it's heard might be different from how it's projected, but from their point of view that it wasn't about the IRA, it was, you know, it's it's kind of young people and this song has somehow become popular. And I get that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get that. And, and to be honest with you, I think the other thing about it is that I think it's sometimes wrong to say, oh, well, these are people that don't know what they're singing either. Mm. You know, being a Republican is a legitimate political position. Yeah. You know, being a loyalist, being a unionist is also a legitimate position. Um, the the thing that Republicans want is a united Ireland. Unionists and loyalists are already in the union that they want, which is the United Kingdom. Mm. So therefore, they don't have to persuade Republicans that they're welcome. You know, throughout history, they haven't done a particularly good job <laughs> no. at that. So, so... But thankfully, in Northern Ireland, things have very much moved on and changed. But if you're a Republican and you want to try to convince someone that there is such thing as a new Ireland, um, that mood music in the background, you know, it's... So I mm. get I get both points. I get the point that, hey, maybe not the intention, but if it's fallen on the ears of somebody you want to convince... Mm. It's probably not going to help. But th- th- there's, a, there's, a no, cause there's another, and I find this kind of fascinating because, you know, people wondered how Sinn Féin might shake itself of its legacy for younger voters and how they might distance themselves from the provosts. And 
it seems that kind of counterintuitively, some have decided, you know what, let's not do that. Let's actually embrace it. And let's maybe soften attitudes to the provost. And you've certainly seen that in some of the online discussion about the song is people defending the team and defending others who sing it. And the argument they make is, you know, there's a younger generation and they're not weighed down by the baggage of the past and they understand discrimination and oppression and why the provost did what they did. And it's like, in in a way, I kind of, I admire the ingenuity of their marketing. I think, you know, I, I, I thought you would have to shake off this baggage, but you're actually embracing it and you're just kind of repackaging it and you're suggesting, you know what, maybe we should all be kind of, you know, faintly proud of the provost and they were picking up the legacy of Pierce and Collins. Look, Ireland needs to have a discussion with itself, really, doesn't it? About, you know, ah, oh, sure, geez, there's a good IRA and the bad IRA. And, you know, essentially, so, you know, grandparents and, you know, that war of independence and the guerrilla warfare that took place there, you know, what we were living through in Northern Ireland, you know, it, it's... So, so I kind of think whenever you have lived through it mm. and you've actually made peace and you've had to compromise. I think that's something that people in Northern Ireland had to do and something that the Good Friday Agreement helped people do. I think what's very interesting is if you're living south of the border and those compromises aren't forced on you. Your life will get on and you will have a perfectly nice life if you don't have to compromise on those things. And so for me, it's a very interesting question what actually are you prepared to compromise on? What are you prepared to give up if there is a new Ireland, if there is, let's say, 15% of TDs in the Doyle, which they may not be called TDs, are unionists? Yeah. What's the anthem going to look like? What's the flag going to look like? And then suddenly everybody kind of just goes a wee bit squeaky bum. Yeah. I suspect very few people in the South, I think, I think in their minds, United Ireland is just a bigger Republic of Ireland. Right. You know. It, it, it's not Jeffrey Donaldson is the tarnishta. No, look, and it, it may or may not be. But if you look at the census, there's almost you know a million people up the road who see themselves as British. Like they they don't need conversion therapy here. Like they they know they're British, <laughs> and so like they, like they, this we, we, we we've tried. We cannot cure them of that fact. You see, and 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 so so this idea that Oxford oh, sure, G sure they'll join us and sure they'll come round. A new Ireland is going to have to be for everyone, and and how we go about that, and how we actually. Um, set the stall out for the conversation, I think is very, very important. You know, if a border poll comes, how is that going to be presented? You know, how are people, nationalists in Northern Ireland, going to feel if that poll happens and it doesn't go their way? What's life going to look like up there? What's life going to look like for unionists in a new Ireland? You know, so I, I kind of think we do need to take a bit more care about, mm. about all of these things. And and yet we have to be really honest about who we are, what we believe, you know, what we're prepared to give up, what we're prepared not to give up and and see where we go. Right. Well, listen, we're, unfortunately, we're out of time. I didn't even get to ask you about the acting gig, the movie. Ah, 
Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I've, I've, uh, there's a, uh, I did a little movie, Bally Walter. That's out in <clears throat> that's out in November. We we got sidetracked into big to bigger things. Yeah. We'll have to come back and talk about. We that. will absolutely. Listen, Patrick, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Yeah, thanks a million. And like I said, go to patrickielty uh, the website, and you find details of the tour. And there's a few tickets, only a few tickets left for the big Guy Fawkes celebration in the Pavilion <laughs> Dunleary on November 5th. Patrick, pleasure. Stay with us back in a moment. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.